0: Listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what is new and innovative in education. I'm your host Jessica, and today I'm excited to bring you a podcast episode on contribution, featuring our very own Tom VanderArk and Dr. Emily Liebtag. You've likely heard some of the contribution buzz lately, and today we'll get to dive in more. High school has always been thought of as preparation for college and careers, but what if it were a time when teenagers actually started making a difference in their communities? What if young people had the chance to figure out what they're interested in, what they're good at, and how they could start making a contribution? In this episode, you'll hear five reasons high schools should focus on contribution. Tom and Emily will also provide seven examples of schools doing just that, engaging young people and making the world better, starting right where they are. Tom and Emily also argue that this might be the best form of preparation there could be. Let's listen in.
1: Emily LeapTag, welcome back to the Getting Smart Podcast.
0: Thanks,
2: Tom. It's nice to be chatting again.
1: You're a frequent guest and host, and for the last three years, you and I have been on this journey together, studying the future of work.
2: Yes, and specifically how it relates to what we're doing in schools with students, families, and teachers.
1: Um, right. We started. We started the journey studying the implications of Artificial intelligence, uh, I called that campaign, Ask About AI, we've, we've learned, I think, some important lessons about how uh, artificial intelligence and, and big data are, are really the drivers uh, behind the, this innovation economy. And I think we both came away from that study both excited about the potential benefits and many of the new risks. And we've come to some important conclusions that we want to talk about in the podcast today.
2: Absolutely. And namely, in thinking about projecting what is to come and living not in fear, but living in the realm of opportunity, thinking about what all of those things mean for the secondary learning experiences. And we've seen some really positive examples of how educators have taken the bull by the horns, if you will, and said, the future of work is coming. We need to think differently. And we've seen other examples where we really know that those students are going to need something different in order to be ready to make a contribution to to their world in the near future. Um, after graduating high school and whether they go on to college or they enter career right away.
1: Yeah, I think we, in our uh, Ask About AI paper, we noted that there's some new skills that appear to be really important. Uh, they include um, design thinking the, or, or computational thinking, a structured approach to uh, walking into complexity. Uh, we believe that entrepreneurship, the the ability to identify opportunity and to create value for a a group of stakeholders is more important than ever in this new economy. And and then the ability to manage yourself, the idea of agency, uh, and the ability to collaborate with others uh, are just critically important. And we've been thinking hard about the kind of learning experiences that young people need in order to develop those those new skills. And we've really concluded that extended challenges, that projects, that maker experiences, that uh, design challenges are are really, really uh, critical ways to get at those new skills.
2: Right, and that how we engage students in exploring those skills really comes back to how are they engaging in projects where they're making a contribution of some form and fashion, form or fashion? How are they designing for people in their community and figuring out a way to contribute? How are they working on an extended project that relates directly to their school community and really diving deep into something that's meaningful and engaging for them? Um, You know, we often ask high school students What do you want to be beyond high school? And what do you, or what do you want to study if and when you go to college? And I think we leave a lot of our students, you know, hanging because we don't give them the opportunity now, today, to think about their future, to delve into topics of interest, to really find ways to contribute immediately. And um, we think that that might be one way that we can really rethink preparation for, you know, their future by giving them meaningful, giving students meaningful ways to contribute now.
1: Yeah, our friend Jamie Cassa, uh frequently says, instead of asking kids what they want to do in the future, we should ask them what problem they want to solve. And we, they, we certainly resonate with that. And as you and our friends at PBL Works built out the HQPBL framework, um, check out hqpbl.org. Um, you you really made connecting with the community, doing authentic work, um, developing a a product, a, a final product of value, that all of those are really important. And to me, that all really does point to this topic of contribution.
2: Sure. And I think back to some of the high schools I went to, too where I was asked to do a, a capstone project, you know, the last three months of my senior year, because one, I don't know if they knew what to do with a handful of us at that point. And then also they wanted us to explore what we might want to do or who we might want to be. And I found, you know, refixing the the school garden to be extremely meaningful, but it was reserved for this last three months of of high school. And uh, it should have happened, happened sooner. Um,
1: right. Yeah, you know, for over 100 years, we've thought about high school as preparation, uh, something that you do to get ready for 15 years down the road. It's an entirely prophylactic experience, and that's why we've pushed kids through courses like Algebra 2, because you might need it someday. And uh, that idea has become tired It's part of why so many high school kids are unengaged, and it's now dangerous in in, in that if young people stumble into college and don't have a sense of purpose, they now risk this new worst-case scenario of debt without a degree, and college has just become too expensive a place to mess around, and so it's just become more and more important that young people leave high school with a clear sense of purpose. And I think we've discovered that the best way to do that is to experience success in um, making a contribution and serving the community.
2: Absolutely. And we both would not say that that necessarily means whatever it is they explore in high school has to be the same trajectory that they explore beyond, but at least they've sensed or they've developed that sense of agency, that sense of purpose, and know that they can make an immediate contribution. So they might not be parallel tracks once they go on um, post high school, but at least they've had that grounding experience so they know what that feels like. I know you've had some um, examples over your. Um, lifetime so far.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting for me. This is a personal subject. I I have two degrees in extraction, both in in mineral engineering and energy finance, and I took classes like extractive industries accounting. And I practiced extraction for 15 years as a as a finance guy and a, a mining executive, and uh, I have learned from from educators. Um, and and influencers in my life that just contribution makes a lot more sense than extraction as a mindset, as a lifestyle. And I think we're beginning to understand that um, as a society as well, that both for people and communities that, that uh, approaching life with a sense of contribution is much more valuable uh much more sustainable than a focus on an extraction I, I think I'm afraid we're seeing all the news that we're seeing about the crazy weather um, fires and floods um, the rising sea levels these are all uh, uh unintended consequences of a of a focus on extraction, and I think they point us to uh the the fact that we all have to be more focused on on contribution as well. You know, if we look back, it's really the focus of of all the world's great religions. They encourage us to be more generous to think about um, interdependence. And so this is not a new idea, but it does seem to be uh newly important and and the new opportunity feels like better integrating the idea of contribution into the way we think about education, particularly secondary education.
2: Absolutely. There's a great quote um, on this vein, actually from AOC, the young politician, about uh, a lot of people view this ambition and wanting to contribute as a youthful naivete, right? Um, That you can't really accomplish anything, but yet she shares that um, at South, She shared this last week at South by Southwest that one of the some of the greatest things we've ever accomplished as a society have been really ambitious acts of visions and wanting to contribute. And so along in the same religious sense, I think we see that um, across different disciplines uh, today.
1: You know, I, I just attended the Keen uh, Conference. This is sponsored by the Kern Family Foundation. It's a network of more than 40 colleges that focus on entrepreneurial mindset. And they're helping young engineers um, spot opportunity and deliver value. And I, I love that focus. We uh, we still have some business schools that that think about entrepreneurship narrowly, about making a buck or about starting a business. But I, I love the idea of entrepreneurial mindset as a focus on spotting opportunity and delivering value. A lot of us here at Getting Smart um, read Seth Godin every day, and we really appreciate his focus on contribution. Uh, he, he recently said the connection economy is based on generosity. And similarly, that marketing is a generous act of helping someone solve a problem, their problem. Uh, Seth talks a lot about doing the work, putting in the time, um, contributing generously. Uh, and I think that's the, the new mindset that uh, that really makes a difference.
2: If you think about those who we follow, i.e., you know, Godin and the like, they are all people that are doing exactly that, right? Helping others solve problems and and make a contribution. So let's bring it back down to why schools should focus on contribution. We, as you said, are really focused on looking at the future of work and what it means for learning and have landed on this idea that contribution is, in fact, one way we might rethink, you know, uh, learning now for students namely in secondary schools. So what are some of those reasons you think schools should focus on contribution?
1: Yeah, we've identified five reasons that schools, especially high schools, should focus on contribution. The first one is it's better preparation. Ironically, we've developed all these courses that sort of just in case learning. But I think we have discovered uh, from the, the 100 schools that we visited last year that the best preparation for the future—a future full of novelty and complexity—is helping people make a contribution now. You know, introducing them to really hard problems, community-connected problems, um, and engaging them in complex problem-solving and design thinking and delivering value to their community. Uh, Emily, we've we've both enjoyed visiting uh, schools in Albuquerque, like Health Leadership and and ACE. Um, these are schools where kids build agency and they learn collaboration by by dealing with uh, real community problems.
2: Absolutely. At ACE, I was visiting last year and students were working on helping the Department of Transportation rethink where their bike lane routes were because the students said, we don't take that route. Make the bike route go over here and we'll help you build it. So perfect example. Um Yeah. Of, of that, so this kind or Circulos, which is in kind of Santa Ana.
1: In... What? Oh, at Circulos.
2: Yes. So at Circulos, which is a school out in Santa Ana, students literally meet outside of municipal buildings and with local community members to help solve their challenges and problems, engaging in actual work that they might face when they are working in Santa Ana or you know living in that community beyond uh, high school. So good examples for sure. I also know that we've seen um, the second reason we've seen that this is a good reason to focus on contribution is that students are just more motivated and engaged.
1: Yeah, they they are um, connecting with community, especially being able to exercise voice and choice um, really helps them um, be motivated. Um, and And then as they as they begin to make a contribution, they really gain a sense of uh, confidence about, you know, the self-knowledge of their own superpowers and, and the confidence that they can be put to use for good in their community.
2: Absolutely. I also think from an equity standpoint, often we come into classrooms and we dictate what that project will be or what we want students to work on. When we're uniquely asking students to think about how they want to contribute and have them do meaningful work, they are directly addressing often inequities or issues in their own community that we, are, we may or may not see as educators who are either outsiders of that community or just don't resonate with a 14, 15, 16 year old what their real issues are.
1: Yeah, uh, and speaking of issues, a, a, another reason for contribution is just the the problems the, of our time. I mean, this is the first generation of young people uh that that are experiencing uh, dramatic climate change. The terrible storms we talked about, uh the violent fires that we had here in the west, um f- rising sea levels, um big hurricanes, Uh, some people would argue that this is the last generation with a, with a big chance to affect a real change. You know, if we go past two degrees to to something like four degrees of climate change, um, we've got real, real problems. So this is, uh, a a timely issue. We also discovered about artificial intelligence that we're within a, a, about a generation of, um, Really smart computers, and those are going to come with tremendous benefits. Uh, but one, we're going to have to figure out how to share the wealth and benefits created by those supercomputers, and two, we're going to have to deal with the the ethical issues and even the existential issues of of how those are used. So, pressing problems are uh, are, are really a uh, key reason that we should start engaging young people today.
2: Absolutely. And having them engage in designing in a human-centered way that thinks about all of those things. How can I uniquely in my community in Iowa think about the climate change and how it's impacting the jobs, the homes, the lifestyles, so on and so forth? And then how can we design and contribute in a way that helps us now, but also for the future? I think this also gets to the point of um, the the economy, both the social and, and the sharing nature of economy, when we ask students to contribute, there's also this sharing aspect that has, you know, become more and more mainstay in, in all things that we do.
1: Yeah, I w- we have friends at the uh, at the human development platform called Glue, G-L-O-O. And I I love the. Um, the, the focus on the social economy uh, my friend there Jeff Frey um, talks about the social economy and how it will build it'll be built on the traits that make us uniquely human care consideration, creativity, and critical thinking and uh, Jeff believes that as we get better at measuring what matters that it's really going to unlock the ability and desire uh, to contribute and that is such a, a key. Uh, to society. So it, it's an exciting uh, thought to think about uh, being better able to measure what matters and, and moving past the gig economy as, as just shuttling people around in your car, but really um, having your contribution valued.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, we most don't do anything without sharing it these days, right? We're sharing uh, Airbnb experiences in our hometowns with others. We're sharing on Instagram daily about what we're doing. We're sharing through, you know, through writing. And so how can we tap into that motivation to share and be social uh, through these learning experiences we're giving students? Um, I also think that there's reason that people are fearful of, you know, what is to come. But in our exploration, both about AI, as well as things that are coming with the future of work, you and I see great opportunity, and that there's more ways to engage others, there's more ways to contribute than ever. And uh, that that is something we should focus on, um, in order to really capture the hearts and minds of students. um, Now, today,
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, I know the this the climate strike that happened last week um bugged some of our listeners we had some school leaders that i'm sure were frustrated by missing another day of school but wow you got to be impressed by greta uh thunberg and and her activism as a 16 year old young lady and the the sort of global impact that she's had it just signals that young people today have new tools that just make it easier to code an app, start an initiative, launch a social media campaign. Uh, Tess Posner of AI for All engages young people, especially uh, girls in big challenges and connects them with computer science experts and helps them start making a contribution in their community right now. It's just, it's super exciting to, to see teenagers around the world really engaging uh, with big challenges like the UN Sustainable Development Goals.
2: So what about some examples? I know you and I have the unique experience of being able to go to some schools where these uh, experiences are happening for students. Let's shed light on some of those, starting maybe Iowa big.
1: Well, I'll just mention four um, XQ grantee schools that we think are doing Great, great work! I, Iowa Big and Cedar Rapids is, you know, one of the most student-centered schools out there. They help every student develop a unique learning journey where they discover their gifts, talents, and interests. A, a new XQ school is Latitude High in Oakland, and they similarly use uh, studios to um, help young people connect with opportunities and even develop uh, student-led businesses. Crosstown High in Memphis is another. A learner-centered school where kids do meaningful project-based work, uh, and then finally Purdue Polytech in uh, in Indianapolis is a STEM-focused school uh, where they help every student engage in uh, real-world challenges. What would you add to that list?
2: I'd add Design Tech High. Every time I go to Design Tech High and visit our friends Ken Montgomery and Nicole. Um, I just see students engaged in projects that they're literally going to launch and test and pilot that day. And they uniquely, and I'm blanking on the name, Tom, you might be able to jump in here. They uniquely track and work with students in an iterative way to see what they're doing, how they're contributing, and then how they can make each of those projects personalized to students and, and how he or she Wants to to contribute. I mean, we literally have seen students on tables building, creating, um, and not to be distracted when we go visit. And so, I would just say that that's a great example of you know working through projects where it leads to contribution.
1: Yeah, Wayne and Galen um, are the guys that teach prototyping and the senior engineering, and it's uh, it's such an exciting place to. Um, To visit, it's like a junior Olin College. I I would mention Olin as a higher ed example uh, where young people are doing senior projects that change the world. Um, uh, Another example is One Stone, a great high school in in Boise. It came out of a ten year experience as a a nonprofit initiative, um, helping young people make a difference there in the Treasure Valley. Uh, one of the first events that I went to was uh, called a One Event, where I saw about 300 young people um, create uh, uh, and and host an, an exciting fundraiser, uh, uh, and the focus was forging an army of good for good. And it's that yeah. it's that mentality of young people m- making a difference in their community. That really uh, animates their after-school programs, and now a, a, a design-focused high school. Emily, we we had a great we had a great demo uh, this week with a, a new a project new to me that is a seems like a terrific entry point for people around the country. Tell us about that.
2: The Purpose Project, a um, child of IDO. And now its own formal entity is really tapping into this idea of engaging students in how they want to contribute. There's a platform where students can design a project, pick what they want to do, and um, then explore that project, whether or not they're at a really traditional school or they're at a school that already is engaging them in this type of work.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. Thepurposeproject.org. Um, I, I love how the platform helps young people be thoughtful about what they're experiencing and and helping them begin to notice what captures their attention and why, and what they're good at, what they're interested in, and begin to help formulating a plan for sort of how and where they could make a difference?
2: Sure, and building that agency. And similarly, I like how you can have students deciding they want to present to their school or another project they take on might be starting a garden. And some of them can be personal purpose projects and others are really tied to their their academics. Um, And marrying those two things, I think in one place is really important as we tap into uh, what students want to do, who they are and kind of what they're, goals
1: and needs are. Hey, speaking of place, uh, we just finished writing a guidebook on place-based education with our friends from Teton Science School. Um, Teton Science uh, would be another terrific example of a network of schools um, that connects kids to place and helps them... um, uh, identify their interest and begin making their own contribution. They're also the sponsors of Placeschools.org, a a new national network of rural micro schools that help connect kids to place and helps encourage contribution.
2: Absolutely. And it just all makes me think of the question that we often ask and that Larry Rosenstock always at Larry Rosenstock from High Tech High always asks educators when they come to visit is, you know, think about a memorable learning experience you had. And 99 times out of a hundred, people will share an example of a time that they made a contribution or that they worked on a project that did something where they gave back or that they solved a challenge. And so I'd push all of our listeners to consider that question themselves.
1: Yeah, this is such an interesting topic. It's a uh, another example of ancient wisdom uh, that that we sort of rediscovered by studying the future. Um, contribution is has always been important uh, as a as an animating purpose for life, um, but it does seem that the new opportunity seems to be to make it central to the high school experience, that it, it could be the animating purpose for high school uh, to help young people understand who they are, what they're interested in, and where and how they want to begin their contribution. Emily, you and I saw the, the best example we've seen in the world um, in Cajon Valley, where a K-8 district does this every single day where young people uh, can tell you about their strengths and their interests and their values and how those are starting to match up against uh, career opportunities.
2: And talking to different experts that are in those careers daily, connecting with them virtually, connecting with them face to face. And those students have real conviction about who they are and have spent time reflecting and thinking about that
1: yeah so how to help more high schools come alive with that sense of possibility
2: sure and i I think moving towards more contribution will end up seeing some unleashed potential from students who've been sitting kind of dormant in the the latter years of school just wanting to contribute in some form or fashion
1: contribution it's a big idea it, uh, it as we said it it could be the the central theme of a school but it as a tiny, small step, each of us can help uh, a, one young person begin to see and make a contribution. We can do that as a parent. We can do that as a mentor. We can do that as a, as a teacher. Uh, I hope everybody that's listening thinks about one small step they can take that will help uh, a teenager begin to see themselves as a, as a contributor in their community.
2: I know what I'm going to do after we, we end this podcast. I'm going to go think about that. Um, we'll recap in the blog those five different unique reasons we think schools should focus on contribution as well as a lot of the schools that we mentioned. But feel free to comment in the uh, blog notes if you have other ways you know of schools um, are contributing or asking students to contribute.
1: Hey, Emily, it's always a treat to have you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Talk to
2: you
0: soon. To learn more about the schools Tom and Emily mentioned, check out the show notes wherever you get your podcast, or on the blog for this week's episode at gettingsmart.com. To learn more about colleges engaging learners in applied learning, check out two of our recent episodes, number 191, where leaders from Northeastern University talk about a new PhD program where candidates immediately begin action research as well as episode 190, where Amon Milner from Olin College talks about extending access to coding and computational thinking from kindergarten to college. That's it for today, listeners. But before we go, a quick note to rate and review the show so more people can find us and so we can get better. We love reading your feedback and appreciate the time. And if you're hungry for more or want to learn more ways you can contribute to the future of learning, check out gettingsmart.com. Thanks for tuning in today. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Jessica signing off.